Free Talk Live. Dial toll-free. Join us on the radio waves. Bring up anything that you want. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And we do have Skype. Skype username is lrn.fm. Of course, you are free to join us and talk about anything that you want to discuss with you in the studio tonight here in beautiful Keene, New Hampshire. Uh, it's Ian. Melanie. And Mark. Okay, so Melanie, you and I, we both had the same story here tonight. Uh, it's been all over social media today. The man who was dragged, literally dragged, off of a uh, United Airlines flight. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's the first two rules of Fight Club? You don't talk about Fight Club? There you go. I don't know what you people are doing. I'm not in Fight Club, so I don't have to follow their rules. I don't think this was a fight, actually. As I understand <laughs> it, the man in question, who was the draggy, uh, he, he was apparently drugged. wanted to stay on the plane, and the United Airlines people wanted him off the plane. Why did they want him off the plane? Well, not because he was causing a ruckus. It was because they'd overbooked the flight, and he was chosen to, uh, not voluntarily, he was chosen to leave the plane. The story coming from the Washington Post uh, by Avi Selk, United Airlines, says a man wouldn't give up his spot on an overbooked flight on Sunday. So according to witnesses and videos of the incident, he was pulled screaming from his seat by security, knocked against an armrest, and dragged down the aisle and back to the terminal at Chicago's O'Hare International Airport. United refused to answer questions about the incident, which horrified other passengers on the Louisville-bound flights. An airline spokesperson only apologized for the overbooked flight and said police were called after a passenger, quote, refused to leave the aircraft voluntarily. What happened was captured on cell phone video by at least two passengers and I do have uh, audio here from one of these, and I I just played it moments before the show just to check to make sure there wasn't any anything we we're going to have to uh, to dump out. And I don't believe there is. You know, it can be hard to discern when there are a bunch of loud voices what exactly is being said. But this is you know this is news. This is what actually transpired. Um, so we're going to play that audio for you here in a moment. Uh, if you want to join us with your thoughts. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. Was this an overreaction on the part of the police? Uh, because it was police. This wasn't uh, necessarily well, just... any reaction was an overreaction because he wasn't trespassing, so... He wasn't trespassing? He, it was my understanding that he had a ticket. Yeah, but they told him he needed to leave. Uh, so this really well, comes down to... that's not how contracts work. Okay, well, let's, I want to get into that because I think there are some interesting kind of uh, subtleties or, or nuances to this, especially when you come at it from a libertarian perspective, from someone who believes supposedly in property rights, and how do you enforce those property rights on somebody that is violating them? And what does good and bad customer service look like? Yeah, this is not good, uh, customers. <laughs> right. <laughs> look, I'm with you, Melanie. I'm on your side. This is a GD disaster for United, though. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm not sure how many of these people uh, that are doing the dragging are actually United employees. I think they may all be police. Um, the toll-free number here, by the way, 855-450-FREE. That's... <laughs> Police and security are assigned to the airport. The airport exists because the airlines uh, you know, are there. The airlines can pull out at any time. The airlines can have whatever police and security they want there. They are the market maker for that airport. 
those police essentially work for those airlines, whether they are airlines employees or not. We're going to go to Daryl Perry. He is calling us from the other room. Uh, Daryl, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hang on a second, Daryl. Something's up with our audio card. I apologize. Something is going on with the computer audio, so we're going to have to work that problem out. Uh, So read the story. Whatever it is. Uh, So we're going to get to Daryl. Anyway, uh, what happened on the the flight was captured by at least two passengers. Tyler Bridges recalled trouble starting almost as soon as he and his wife boarded. An airline supervisor walked onto the plane and brusquely announced, quote, We have United employees that need to fly to Louisville tonight. This flight's not leaving until four people get off. And that apparently rubbed some people the wrong way. According yep. to Bridges. Now, they did offer, as I understand it, an $800 bounty or something. So maybe in tickets. Uh, well, sounds like it wasn't high enough. Yeah, that, that I would agree with you 100%. They should have offered, you know, two tickets or three tickets. Now, mm-hmm. I've had these stand uh, standby tickets of theirs. They are the worst tickets really? you can possibly get because oh, they make it sound like they're doing you a favor oh, when yeah, they, they offer do. it oh absolutely they do uh but they offer you the standby ticket and it's basically good for pretty much no time that you're trying to fly really and uh you know if you're lucky they'll get you a hotel room if it's the last flight of the day or something right. but otherwise you're just waiting until the next flight later on in the day and i guess these people just weren't interested so maybe if they you know eight hundred dollars in standby tickets just wasn't enough they should have gone up oh, so it wasn't even eight hundred dollars it was eight hundred dollars in bs vouchers that's what i'm which guessing is not eight hundred dollars it's my guess uh so the trouble started there and uh, he said pu- some passengers were rubbed the wrong way passengers were offered vouchers to rebook he said but no one volunteered so the airline chose for them a young couple was told to leave first, said Bridges. They begrudgingly got up and left. Then an older man who refused. He says, nope, I'm not getting off the flight. I'm a doctor and I have patients to see tomorrow morning. The man eventually became angry as the manager persisted, said Bridges. <laughs> eventually yelling, he said more or less, I'm being selected because I'm Chinese. A police wow. officer boarded, then a second and a third. The claim was that the, the selections were random, um, you know. I, I, I don't know what it's like to, to live thinking that uh, they're selecting me because of my color, but um, you know sometimes when people think that they're wrong, they may be right sometimes too. I mean, it, it, okay, if they had a random number generator attached to the ticket numbers, and that's which I really, really doubt, if that's how they did it, it like it doesn't matter. I don't know how they did it, but it was uh, the news story that I read said random. Bridges then began recording, as did another passenger, as the officers leaned over the man, a lone holdout, in his window seat. Can't they rent a car for the pilots? asked another passenger in the video. Then the man, out of, uh, out of frame, screams. One of the officers quickly reaches across two empty seats, snatches the man, and pulls him into the aisle. My God, someone yells, and not for the first time. He goes limp after hitting the floor. It looked like it knocked him out, said Bridges. His nose was bloody. His glasses nearly knocked off his face. The man clutches his cell phone as one of the officers pulls him by both arms down the aisle and off the plane. The clip I saw was only about 30 seconds long. I would be interested to know if there's a longer version. It would, you know, it would be interesting to see the full interaction between the manager, this man, the police, the whole kind of setup. Yeah, sure. uh, the clip that uh, that I saw was just the thirty seconds of him getting, getting dragged, drug around. Yeah, uh, you know, from the point where they grab him from the seat and drag him out. What are you doing? No, this is wrong," said another passenger. And with that, Bridges said four United employees boarded and took the empty seats. 
They were not popular among the passengers, he recalled. (laughs) People were saying, you should be ashamed to work for this company. And it wasn't over. In another video, the man runs back onto the plane. His clothes still must from his forcible ejection, frantically repeating, I have to go home. I have to go home. Now, that's amazing to me that these cops, after dragging him off the plane, didn't come up with some excuse to arrest him, that they literally just brought him back into uh, you know, uh, the airport and walked away, apparently. I mean, and it also might be that this is not the first time this has happened. I mean, probably with this uh, resistance. someone being dragged out? And or? that the cops are kind of tired with dealing with this airline's BS. Could be. Could very well be. He was uh, dazed and confused, said the witness. He recalled a group of high school students leaving the plane and disgust at that point. Their adult escort explaining to other passengers, they don't need to see this anymore. The airline eventually cleared everyone from the plane, said Bridges, and didn't let them back on until the man was removed a second time in a stretcher. God. (laughs) In the end, Bridges and his wife got to Louisville about three hours late. He said it was a pretty tense flight. United Chief Oscar Munoz tweeted that everyone at the airline was upset about it, uh, saying, quote, This is an upsetting event to all of us here at United. I apologize for having to reaccommodate these customers. Our team is moving with a sense of urgency to work with the authorities and conduct our own investigation. Uh, detailed review of what happened. We're also reaching out to this passenger to talk directly to him and further address and resolve this situation. We're going to continue here uh, I yeah I gotta say I didn't realize that the latter portion happened that they cleared the entire airline after the dude came back. More coming up here in moments. <laughs> this is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You dial toll-free. Join us right here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Where we are, Keene, New Hampshire. It's uh, heated up today up here. I think we're going to actually have to turn the air conditioning on for the first time uh, this year. So welcome to the program. Uh, the the, The story that we're talking about is this man being dragged off of a United Airlines flight. Uh... To the shock of many of the passengers surrounding him, we do have audio from uh, one of these videos. Now, apparently there's another video where the dude comes back on the flight. That's not included in this, either the news story or the Facebook post. So I've seen the two different videos of like 30 seconds of him being dragged out. But that's it. So I would love to know if, you know, where these other videos are. I haven't taken the time to look at all. So if you happen to, you know, be aware... Uh, we'll post the we'll post the link to the uh, to this article on our Facebook and and Twitter, and you're welcome to comment with any other links that you happen to have. But uh, th- this brings up some big questions about how do you uh, you know what's the best way to handle an unruly passenger, somebody who isn't willing to cooperate when you ask them to do something. In this case, to leave your property. Uh, Melanie says this is a contract, and uh, you know this guy had a right to be there. I, I we haven't said much. I'm I'm. Jumping to a conclusying that that's no, what you're I don't saying. think that's what she's saying. All right, well, we're going to get we're going to get into that here. We're actually still in the middle of the story. Uh, the Washington Post uh, has has it. We're going to continue with that. Your calls and thoughts are welcome. Our toll free number here is eight fifty five four fifty free. That's eight five five four five zero three seven three three. The man says he was a doctor. He needed to be back to Louisville in the morning because he had patients that are waiting. Now, 
the airline did apparently eventually cleared everyone off the plane after the man came back in dazed and confused saying that he had to go home he had to go home eventually after they cleared everyone else off they then removed him on a stretcher united airlines finally uh their boss their ceo did comment and expressed that he was sorry Mr. Oscar Munoz, who, by the way, was recently honored as a Communicator of the Year by PR Week. Late Monday afternoon, the Chicago Department of Aviation said one of the officers involved in the incident had been placed on leave. Is he a doctor or a PR guy? Uh, The doctor was the man who was physically removed from the plane. The PR guy is the CEO of United Airlines. Gotcha. Quote, the incident on United Flight 3411 was not in accordance with our standard operating procedure, and the actions of the aviation security officer are obviously not condoned by the department. That officer has been placed on leave effective today, pending a thorough review of the situation. However, it seems to me that in this video, there is more than one security officer, and uh, you know, I don't know why the other two didn't stop this man from not doing you know the right thing well because this is what they plan to do i mean yeah so they're not condoning it and putting them on leave this the state and in this case the airline cares less about cops than i do which is a little bit ridiculous i mean these people are disposable to them they're going to have them do what they want them to do Mm -hmm. say oh that wasn't me walk away fire them disappear them whatever they have to do Do you think the airline asked them to physically remove the man like like that I don't think that they intended to. I, don't, I, don't, I doubt that United intended to do. I think they do, intended for him to stop, you know, defending himself. They wanted the man off the plane, is what they wanted. And they just turned it over to the police. And of course, yeah, when you can turn you it over. Them? Yeah, when you turn something over that is going to require violence to the police, in a lot of cases, they're going to escalate that situation. Well, right. And you know that. I mean, it's pretty much common knowledge. You know like, that. It's like, I know but that. It's like, it's like throwing a bucket of water on somebody and be like, oh, I didn't mean for them to get wet. Yeah. That is a completely absurd conclusion to come to or expectation to have, I guess, more accurately. No, they they called the cops. I mean, so essentially they called out a hit. And sometimes that's appropriate. But this time it wasn't defensive, so it's not. All right. Well, uh, let me ask you this. Um, I'm sure that in the long, uh, murky terms of service that one signs when one buys an airline ticket, that it says the airline may revoke your uh, ticket for any reason at any time because we can do that and it's our plane and, you know, screw you. Um, right? Southwest doesn't, which is where all but once I've flown and I read through it. You read and, their terms of service. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I'm not going to drop that kind of money and not, not read it. <laughs> but yeah, they absolutely did not say that. They guarantee, unless you're specifically buying a standby <laughs> ticket, they guarantee you a spot. Wow. So... All right, so uh, we got Daryl Perry on the line with us. Daryl W. Perry from Liberty Lobby, LLC. Hey, Daryl. Did I screw up again? I did. Go ahead. All right, we got you now. Go Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Yeah, so uh, as you guys know... Apparently there's a sporting event behind you. Hang on one second. Hang on a second. Sorry about that. I was totally unprepared for that. Now we can hear you just fine. There was a crowd of people shouting from Venezuela uh, behind you, so go ahead. Uh, so I, I was saying, you guys know, and a lot of the listeners know, I used to work for an airline. That's right. And while it definitely was not United, uh, it it was Delta. The policy when I worked for the airline, and it's been seven years, so you know policies could have changed, but the policy was you never remove a paying passenger to put on a non-ref passenger, which is what the the mm. flight crew that they were trying to put on a plane, those are non-ref passengers. So 
what you do in a situation, or at least, you know, when I worked for the airline, what would happen is somebody back in corporate would start rescheduling to try to, you know, figure out where they had crews and where they needed crews to be to where you were not removing a revenue passenger. So it it seems as though somebody either did not contact corporate to say, hey, we've got an oversold flight and we've got this crew that needs to get somewhere. What do you want us to do? But regarding the whole thing of, you know, what happens if it's a legitimately overbooked situation, then, yeah, there is going to be some kind of random generator. But you never remove somebody from the plane. Would it have been best for them? Before they get onto the plane. You're, I get where you're coming from. Um, would it have been best in this case for them to just say, well, we're just not going anywhere until somebody gets off this plane? I mean, what would have, would have been the best way to handle this? I know what you're saying. Well, like to they not sh- overbook the flight, which means I got you, to I got not you. sell things that you don't actually yeah, own. And that was going to be my next question is how do you avoid doing that? Because it would seem that in a computerized world that, how, you know, how does this even happen in the first place? But this wasn't really an Because they do it flight. intentionally. But this, this oh, wasn't. Let, let, me, let me answer the part about the overbooking yeah. first. They know that statistically a certain percentage of people are going to miss a flight. So in order to make sure that you have a flight going out full, you sell, you know, like 5% more. So they intend to overbook is what you're saying. Because they know that statistically a certain number of people are going to miss the flight. Right. So, yeah, the the whole, you know, overbook is intentional. Now, Mm. regarding what do you do, uh, you had mentioned they were offering the – Airline miles or actually a uh, voucher towards future flight, you just keep increasing until somebody you know. says, yeah, I'll take it. Right. You bid it, bid it yeah, up. I mean, first of all, you don't overbook. I, the f- I've, I've attempted to wind up you know, voluntarily giving up a seat before only to be told, yeah, we're not going to be able to get you where you're going for two to three days. Sorry, it's not worth it on our end because then we'd have to pay for your hotel for a couple of days. I see. Uh, so there could have been a couple of people that wanted to volunteer, but they were unable to because of where they were going and not being able to get there in a timely manner. Daryl, thanks for the uh, the expertise. I appreciate it. Uh, Daryl W. Perry yep. from Liberty Lobby LLC here in New Hampshire. More coming up in moments. LibertyLobby.info is his website. More free talk live on the way. Bitcoin.com is the most unique online destination in the Bitcoin universe. Buying Bitcoin? Do it here! Want to speak your mind to other Bitcoin users? Our forum is always open and censorship-free at forum.bitcoin.com. There's no bigger Bitcoin believers than the Bitcoin.com team. That's why this site is a one-stop shop for everything you need to get into Bitcoin life. You can also play games at games.bitcoin.com. Learn more at bitcoin.com. That's bitcoin.com. Free Talk Live, dial toll-free, bring up whatever you want. Our number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We do have Skype. Skype username is LRN.FM. We're talking about the man who was dragged off of a plane, United Airlines flight out of Chicago Airport. They were going to Louisville, ended up getting there three hours late. After one man refused to leave when asked to do so, 
Uh, they were told, the passengers were told that they needed to, four of them needed to get up and leave the plane so the crew members uh, could get on and, and get seats, which we, had, we just talked to Daryl W. Perry. He says that is not how things should be run, uh, that the airline that he'd worked for in the past would never remove a paying passenger to make room for an unpaid uh, crew member, as far as the crew members don't have to pay for their tickets. I mean, it seemed like scheduling properly in the first place would have avoided, you know, this whole situation. Yeah, um, obviously. So I can see why the airline says we need a crew in Albuquerque immediately or mm-hmm. wherever it is they're trying to go. Right. And so they say, look, um, these four seats are worth 800 bucks. These three, four crew members are worth 800,000. Right, like, because we need if they there. don't have the crew, they can't. Maybe, maybe they, another flight would be grounded. Right. So that. I get that, and I have compassion for the airline in that circumstance. Okay, so then they need to either schedule properly or pay for it, or right. no, no. Up the- they made a mistake. I think in scheduling, and that mean that much is probably pretty clear. Well, and as Daryl pointed out, they could have just bid up the amounts that they were offering people. They were offering I think everybody vouchers. said that. Um, at this point, and yeah. that's that's really the solution here is is that instead of dragging the poor uh, doctor off the plane, uh, kicking and screaming, they really should should have said, okay, instead of eight hundred dollars in these uh, you know flimsy voucher things that we hand out, how about a mm-hmm. thousand? All right, any takers at a thousand? How about a thousand fifty? I mean, if they were offering eight hundred in actual money, they probably would have had some volunteers because you can get a flight for eight hundred dollars. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, they'd rather hand out the vouchers, and uh, right, which is why they couldn't. You know, which is why they had no buyers. If they'd have gone to a thousand or twelve hundred, they probably would. They might have. Uh, MyPillow.com is where you can go to get your MyPillow at half price. When you use code FTL, it's a great pillow designed to fit the shape of your body and hold your neck in the proper position. I can tell you, it was uh, partially the my pillow's fault. Is why I ended up taking a three-hour nap today instead of just a one-hour nap because it just feels so good. Did to, you get up early or something? Uh, yeah, I was up bright and early this morning for jury outreach here in Cheshire County, New Hampshire. But anyway, uh, my pillow, I love mine, and I'm so glad that uh, that it found me. I honestly, you know, I don't watch television, so I didn't know about this 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 brand at all. Uh, apparently, they got a huge ad campaign, and we're lucky to be a part of it. Uh, here on Free Talk Live. Mark, you've got one of these things as well. They're washable, by the way, so you can put it in the washer and dryer. And you get yours at half off by going to MyPillow.com. Use code FTL, like Free Talk Live. And there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. So if, for some reason, you don't agree with us that it's a really great pillow uh, and you want to send it back to them, they'll send you your money back. They'll send you your purchase price uh, back to you. Code FTL gets you 50% off or two for the price of one over at MyPillow.com. And by the way, there's a 10-year warranty on the product. Our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. I'm just going to play the audio here from uh, one of the videos. There's a couple, at least a couple different videos from the United flight where a man was literally dragged off of the flight... Yeah, it's not quite what I was hoping it would be. There we go. Why is there an alarm going on? Yeah, I'm not sure where that alarm is uh, is coming from. I don't think it was originally in the video, but maybe it was. Uh, toll free number here eight fifty five four fifty free. So there's some of the audio. The you know, the passengers on the plane definitely perturbed by what they were seeing. Uh, not happy with how the police were handling this situation. 
And your comments and thoughts are certainly welcome. Uh, we're going to go to Skype, where Liberty Lover is on the line. Hello? Oh. Hey, sorry. Getting all kinds of newscasts in the background. I apologize. This, these darn websites, they just keep on loading videos on you. Uh, anyway, right. go ahead. That's fine. Uh, I actually had not heard about this situation until you guys started talking about it. I just watched the video. Um, okay. Uh, what are the circumstances on him being removed from the fight again? Uh, they uh, wanted to remove four people. They got some people to uh, agree begrudgingly to leave. He said he was a doctor. They sort of randomly selected people. He said he was a doctor. He had to be in Louisville for morning patients and did not want to go. And they uh, called the cops in. Cops then dragged him out. I don't know who to be more angry at. The airliner for not getting somebody on there to negotiate with the man. Like, hey, we understand you've got a problem. Let's try to... Well, apparently there was somebody on the flight. Some kind of United manager was the person who was on there trying to negotiate with the passengers in the first place. Unfortunately, the negotiations didn't go beyond an initial offer. Uh, So they initially offered some kind of voucher to those passengers to try to encourage people to volunteer to leave the flight when no one did volunteer at the current rate that they were offering they didn't bother to up the rate apparently and instead just said all right well we're gonna randomly pick four yeah i mean that's not a negotiation that sounds more like eminent domain than anything else Mm. (laughs) it it, it sounds like hey i'm picking you out of all these people and i'm not going to consider asking anyone else well, no, you know, they asked he... the entire uh, the, the entire flight. So the first thing they did when they got on the flight was said, we need four people to volunteer to take another flight. Uh, we'll offer you vouchers. And zero people stood up. So so, so this man didn't volunteer for this. That's he correct. Just... No, he okay. didn't volunteer to get drugged down the alley. No. Uh, that, that, no. That, is, that is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and the officer has – some of the officers have been put on leave. One of them, apparently. There were, it would appear that there were at least two, if not three, officers that were on the flight. I, I just don't understand why they would use that kind of force. It's obvious the man forked over his money to fly on the plane. He didn't want the voucher, and they mm-hmm. came in and started aggressing towards well, him. Well, they were told to, so that's why they did it. Uh, you know, The officers, from their perspective, I'm not excusing what they did. They apparently, one of them, you know, did not uh, follow their supposed regulations on how they're supposed to remove somebody. But from the officer's perspective, hey, guys, United's got somebody on their flight that you know, is not leaving when he's uh, being asked to leave. we got to get him out of there. I mean, that's, But it is possible, not that I like defending cops, that the cops didn't know why he was being asked to leave. That's I possible. I don't know if they did or not. But, okay, the cops were wrong just for so many reasons, but the airline and the administration, whatever department the cops were, were, were more wrong. Right. They told them what they issued an order, and then when it didn't go as planned... Then they took it out on the cops. Okay, yes, the cops were wrong, and I kind of don't care what happens to them just because they're cops, but you yeah, called a hit, that. and then when the person you ordered to take out the hit performed, you're now mad at them for doing what you hired them to do. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I, 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 I think there could have been better uh, negotiation there with the man. I don't know how fast the situation escalated, whether or not the police decided to talk to him or not. Um, or if they just ran in there and grabbed him and said, hey, you got to get off the plane. I mean, I don't care if they did order him to leave first or not. He didn't have to leave. Yeah, well, as Daryl was saying, or one of you guys was saying, maybe there were some terms and uh, services in the airline, possibly. No ticket I've ever signed said that. 
I don't know. Uh, what it has that to. Does. I mean, it's their it's their airplane. They get to ask anybody they want to leave for whatever reason they want. If you say to the stewardess, "You're a big ugly winch, aren't you?" Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be asked to leave, and it's not going to be because uh, you know, I mean, like they they're going to put that in the terms of service. It's their property. They can tell people to but leave. But it's if their they property want. until they sell it. It didn't sell. They can it. revoke they it. I'm sure it. in their yeah. I mean, right. There are termination terms in any of these contracts. Yeah. As much as I hate to agree with that, I do. It is their plane. They have every right over it to revoke your privilege to go on to said airplane. But they failed and so, completely so failed can, on how they so did So I can rent property, decide arbitrarily. I'm not going to let you be on the property I rented you, and I'm not going to give you your money back. Get off my property. They were willing That's to give him his money back. Oh, the people, no, they weren't. Who's stopping you? These who's people were getting you? Uh, vouchers and all kinds of they stuff. They were not paying, giving his money back. They That's were just, offering a voucher. That's not money. Well, Vouchers maybe, are not FRNs. Maybe he could have asked for his money back, you know, at that point. But he didn't think about it because he wanted to go to Louisville. Uh, more coming up here in moments. Uh, if you've got more Liberty Thanks. Lover, you can stand by 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can weigh in with your thoughts on the United flight, the man that was dragged off. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves here. You can bring up anything you want, and if we decide we don't want you on the air, thankfully all we have to do is press a, uh, a drop button. But uh, United Airlines, they didn't want somebody on their flight. They called the police. Yeah, the drop button was dropping them on their head. and Or at least slamming his head, apparently, into one of the seats on the side of the aisle as they dragged him uh, from his seat and then proceeded to drag him off the plane in front of a uh, a full plane of horrified customers. Yeah, like, oh my God! We have to keep getting repeated over and over. People couldn't believe it. Yeah. What the? Uh, well, I mean, a lot of these people uh, probably had never seen anything like that. Before. Fly the friendly skies. They, uh, you know, one, the one woman who was looking very shocked <laughs> as the man was taken out and and probably com- contributed the most, at least audible comments in the video that we played. And I apologize for the. Uh, alarm that was running over the the, the background of it um but the the, uh, the lady she looked like one of the respectables you know she looked like the kind of lady who probably i mean obviously i'm speculating here but you know she was dressed well she looks like the kind of lady who is probably not real familiar with police violence videos you know it's just that there's certain things that don't enter into the worldview of some people and uh you know and, and also if you see something like that on the internet you can brush it off you know, if you're one of the if you're one of the respectable types and you see some police violence on the news or you see it on YouTube on some kind of social media share, that may be, you know, one of the only times you've come across something like that. So you can easily brush brush it off as, oh, well, that doesn't happen in my life. That doesn't happen to the people that I know. I've never seen anything like that happen in real life before. And it's easy to just push it aside. Here, it's right in front of you. It's there. It's, you know, three feet from your nose. The police are behaving in a very, very poor manner, uh, just completely unnecessarily. Yeah, people are See, shocked. And, and they're still going to say that this is an isolated incident. And this is what, and this is why the officers are being placed on leave, because it allows those people to say, oh, this was an isolated incident, and the people who did it got in trouble, even though they were ordered to do it. But that kind of fits their narrative. So that's, I mean... They, the police department's careless about cops than I do. Mm. I um I, I think that many of these people felt disempowered. What do you do 
in that circumstance to stop what you, you see can't. as an injustice. They did. I mean, really, they did all they could have done. They recorded. Besides, yeah, they and recorded. Yelled, oh my God! Right, they recorded and they were shocked. Um, and then presumably they also spread those recordings around the internet. I mean, it would, in theory, the next level would be to physically manhandle the police, and that's usually going to escalate. Yeah, that's the, almost never right. A good idea. Like you know, in, in theory, if that were have, if the police are beating up somebody and the crowd is large enough, they can put a stop to it. So if they wanted to, they could have treated these police like terrorists on the flight. They could have taken them down as gently as possible. Put them in their own handcuffs and remove them from the flight. It's not that. Uh, I mean, you know, how do you get the handcuffs out of the thing, uh, the the little compartment? Like, who's ever done this? They're trained. They figure it out. Yeah, they trained. Um, so, it I mean, that would, them, yeah. that's the only other level, right? Like, you know, that's the only other level, right? So, uh, I think that they did everything that reasonable people in a cir- circumstance like that should do. We're able to see the video because of those other passengers. Um, you know, thank goodness everybody has these smartphones now. And by the way. Uh, I saw a statistic the other day, Mark, in the Holland Cook newsletter. It's now 80% of American adults that have smartphones. A couple of years ago, it was 60%. Jeez. Uh, it's 80%. So, I mean, when almost, will the tyranny of the touchscreen end is almost what I want to know. everyone on that flight likely already had their phone out because you know how people are. They're sitting on their phone. They're either reading a book or sitting on a phone, one or the other. That's pretty much what everyone does uh, when they're getting ready to fly somewhere, unless they happen to be flying with someone, in which case they might be might be having a conversation um, so there's like probably a 70% chance that most of the people on that flight had their phone out. At least two people got decent video uh, of this very close. You know, they passed right by one of the guys in the aisle, uh, an aisle seat who had one of these cameras that was recording it. So, you know, we all got to see crystal clear exactly what happened. I would like to have seen what went down beforehand. Um you know, maybe that video does exist, and it's just not being shared in these news articles. There was also another video, apparently, of the man getting back on the flight after he'd been physically removed from the flight. He came back on the flight and uh, was apparently somewhat stunned or dazed, and was talking about how he needed to get to Louisville and, and like drooling blood. Yeah, and uh, and so then they apparently had everyone leave the flight and then brought a stretcher in. And remove the man that way. Yeah, this is really lickety split their whole plan here to get every get the uh, new uh, uh, the, their their passengers on the plane and get out of there, huh? Would have been a lot easier and a lot less trouble, United, to just offer more money in the form of a voucher. Sure would have. Okay, I mean, and I just read United's terms of tickets, and they, it does say in there that they can kick you off for any reason. Any reason. So. Fly Southwest because they don't say that. Hmm. Although I would still say if these terms aren't given to you when you buy the ticket, because when you buy the ticket, it's you're buying a ticket. Well, usually it I says mean, I cl- click this I box to agree to the if terms. You buy it online. And, yeah. Now, personally, I this is something I looked for when I bought a plane because I had like service? heard You're of an attorney, this. though. I mean, okay, yeah, and it, nobody else reads yeah, those and things. Yeah, so it's not necessarily fair to hold people to that standard. Yeah. Last time I flew, I think was a little over a year ago. Like last October, something like, or October before last, something vaguely like mm-hmm. that. Southwest at that time did not have that in there. Um, they guarantee seats. If when they get to the point where they sold all the seats, they then sell standby seats, which is the honest way to do it. That's an interesting distinction. So the person buying the standby seat knows there's a chance they're not going to get on the flight. Right. Do they get a discount for that? I assume so. I never looked at them because yeah. it wasn't really worth right bothering to me but i mean I, I would imagine if you like had to be somewhere and that was what was there you might buy one of those mm-hmm. and roll the dice yeah but yeah so 
first of all, fly Southwest or look up the terms. And they've always seemed to be the best United States-based yeah. airline to me. I mean, I've I've they seen also weren't taking subsidies at least a couple years ago. I don't remember if it was United. And they were the only one, but I think it was United years ago. I don't know if you were on this flight, Mark. You probably were because we've taken most of our flights to radio conferences. Yeah, you together. don't really get. Uh, you really don't get on too many flights that I'm not on. <laughs> I get on lots of flights. You're not on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there was one flight where we, I think we were coming back from like California or something. And I think it was United where the, the flight attendants were like Nazis. They were just so harsh and so like not nice. I, I wish I could remember a better example of exactly how they were behaving. They were very curt, very short with the, with the customers. It wasn't like they were in any way trying to, you know, be kind. It was like, we're on this flight and we're you're going to where you're going and you're going to shut up. You know, it's like it was yeah, like you're I've, on a I've jail had, flight. I've had a problem with I've had well, I've had a problem with Southwest one time. It was only quasi their fault, but other outside of that, I never had a problem with them. They act like humans. They don't come in. They're fraud. funny too. They always have the like their funny little uh, lines that they yeah. have. I probably mean, sometimes that's not funny if you're trying to get home and you're not going to get home till like midnight. But well, they try their best, I think, yeah, to lighten and, the load. But I mean, you know, I can, you know, if that's the worst thing you have to deal with yeah. on an air on a airline, and they, I mean, they, I've seen them let people kind of skirt the rules. I, my understanding of what they were saying is, it's illegal to walk down the aisle if the little buckle sign is on, and I've seen them yeah. let people go to the bathroom anyway. Liberty lovers still with us here. Uh, do you have any further comments you want to share with us? Go ahead. Yes, it was in direct response to something I heard Melanie say just a few minutes ago. She said that uh, once the airplane sells the ticket, you have to let them on your plane. Is that what I heard from you? Well, according to, and I did look up the terms and it might be a little bit different now, maybe. If you if you rent property, you no longer have 100% control and ownership of that property. You've sold a to- you know, for a certain time that property okay but who enforces that i don't see how that's relevant but whoever whoever does what, what i'm meaning is it's their plane or their property are they but not it's allowed not to do fully with it their, they yes and and they're allowed to do with whatever they want with their plane including partially alienated so so let's say uh i am renting a house to somebody right uh am i not allowed to kick them out at all because they have partial ownership of it now? You're not allowed to kick them out in contrary to rent they've already given to you. What if you give so, it back uh, to them? Yeah. I mean, what if I reimburse them? Well, first of all, that was not what happened here. And second of all, it depends on what your lease says. Exactly. It I, depends I, on what the lease says, right? I believe they offered him an $800 voucher. That's what I just read. That was his final offer to voluntarily It was the only the offer. Well, everybody got the offer. Like a plane full of people didn't right. find a uh, $800 voucher. Where were they going? What is Louisville. The, the, where were they coming from? Chicago. Chicago. Well, they're headed south. I can give them that. Um, you know, I, they apparently the airline underestimated the, the extreme, you no. uh, d- you know, drawing power of Louisville. But um, yeah, they didn't want the eight hundred dollar. The whole plane Thank- didn't want it. Thanks for having. Thanks me for on the call, today. man. I appreciate it. Uh, Lu- I heard Louisville's got a really nice fireworks show. Is Fun- it Thunder f- over the Bay? July fourth, eight fifty five, four fifty free. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. Hour number two is on the way. Your thoughts on the man dragged off the flight or anything that's on your mind? It's Free Talk Live. 
Bitcoin.com is the most unique online destination in the Bitcoin universe. Buying Bitcoin? Do it here! Want to speak your mind to other Bitcoin users? Our forum is always open and censorship-free at forum.bitcoin.com. There's no bigger Bitcoin believers than the Bitcoin.com team. That's why this site is a one-stop shop for everything you need to get into Bitcoin life. You can also play games at games.bitcoin.com. Learn more at bitcoin.com. That's bitcoin.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Dial toll free and bring up whatever you want. Our number here is 855 450 free. That's 855 450 3733. Joining you in our studio tonight, it's Ian. Melanie. And Mark. And we've got Skype. You can Skype in, join the show there at Skype username lrn.fm. Uh, in the first hour of the show, we talked quite a bit about this man who was dragged off of a United Airlines flight. I would say unnecessarily, as we've uh, gone through the details on the story, you're welcome to comment as well. The uh, toll-free number for you is 855-450-FREE. Skype username lrn.fm. Let's go to the phones and your calls and thoughts. Uh, Skype, where Abel is on the line in New Hampshire. Go ahead, Abel. Hi, Ian. Hey. And, uh, uh, and Melanie. And I, um, sorry. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to talk about uh, do we need corporations? I think... No. I, well, I agree. And I think that... Um, uh, that, you know, United Airlines is one of those huge corporations that they get too big. And they also uh, manage to uh, guide, well, I say guide, they actually write regulations. Mm-hmm. The, 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 um, the lobbyists actually write legislation that, that you know, the, the bought and paid for uh, representatives uh, just you know, get voted into law, and yep. then and then we're screwed. You know they can they can arrange it so that uh, you know the competition is is interfered with. That uh, you know that that they can they can begin to make money. Uh, you know on their relationship with the government because the government is too powerful. The government is uh, you know. Taking control and between, you know, corporations and government. I mean, you know, these progressives, they're all pointing at, oh, corporate. Well, yeah, that's right. Corporation is something that's created by uh, by government. All right, let's clarify that for a moment because I wanted to go there and I'm glad you did. Uh, When you say we don't need corporations, someone might listen to that and say, what do you need? What do you mean? Of course we need stores. Of course we need, you know, airplanes. Of course we need these things. Uh, They would they would sort of conflate a corporation with a business. And the difference is a corporation is a legal fiction. It is a file folder. It is paperwork that basically separates the people involved in the business with a lot from a lot of the liability uh, of the business. Or at least well, right. some a, co- of it, yeah. a corporation is basically when you have privatized profits and public liabilities. So, you know, hedge, heads I win, tails you lose. If I make money, I keep it. If I lose money, I walk away. Mm-hmm. So corporations are creatures of statutes that would never work in any thing like a free market and and there are good reasons to 
I mean, you usually wouldn't be incorporating. Usually you'd be an LLC or maybe an S-Corp. Other than that, you're either forming the wrong entity or you're doing something shady. Um, <laughs> but to protect yourself from people coming in and slipping and falling you and suing you for stupid stuff. Because you kind there's kind of no legal distinction between, okay, I would like to be protected from, like, BS liability, but I'll take my own li- Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> so you have to kind of get the whole thing or nothing at all. We could we could, you know, instead of having limited liability, we could have companies out there that ensure, uh, you know, uh, you know, people's businesses to protect them from from the liability, uh, you know, but they would pay for that. And, Mm. and, and you know, it would be it would it would you know, be an arrangement that wouldn't be outside of, uh, you know, human-to-human uh, arrangement. Well, well, right, but there are legitimate and illegitimate liabilities in the states and probably in every country. So just not paying your bills, that's a legitimate liability. Doing something that harms somebody through negligence or whatever, that's a legitimate liability. Somebody right. coming into your store, opening a knife and cutting their hand and saying, you didn't tell me knives were sharp, that is not a legitimate liability. So if you want to protect yourself from those kind of things, I mean, the point I'm trying to make is I don't think that it's wrong to form an LLC or an S-Corp. Now, if you're talking about huge li- huge corporations... in a lot of ways. Uh, to some extent, yeah. If you're talking about huge corporations, that's really an entirely different ballgame. Now you're talking about people who are writing legislation. You're talking about people who... Or I mean, it's they're essentially shell companies at some points, even though they're not legally classified that way. You go, if you make money, you keep it. You have this other fictitious entity. If you lose money, you walk away. So you're never really netting out your own assets. You have all this debt that you just never pay. Mm. You hurt people in, through negligence and you just never pay for it. But over on this other fictitious entity, you're sitting on 20 mil. So, yeah, that is a problem, and that is something that the free market would never do. That is a creature of statute, and of course it's going to be abused. You give some, if, it was you designed give for that. Power, yeah, I mean, that's what that. it is. Like, it was the kind of, not fictitious, now, but... You know what you're going to find out is, over time, if you uh, let me have a few calls every now and again, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up history. And and with history, uh, the ex- the reason that corporations ever existed in America was uh, for uh, sunsetted public works, period. So like the Erie Canal, I think, was the first one in New York. Is that right? There you go. There you go. Okay, then, what does that mean? So that means, Well, sunsetted means that it's, it's, it's a temporary time frame and that it, 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 it is limited to public uh you know, projects, hmm. you know, it, it, it makes sense to protect the liability of, you know, I, and I, and this is going to sound not cool, but, uh, of, of, of people that kind of extend themselves into that pro- project, because usually there, there may not be as much money for that project as there would be in the private sector. They're 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 attempting to soften the the blow on the public to create a public. Okay, well then a that's the market telling you no, and b you can solve that through agency theory. You don't need fictitious uh, I mean, entities for that. What is agency but, theory? I'm what is saying, that? 
But hold on, Abel. I want to know what the agency theory is. Okay, so if I hire you to, I don't know, um, play lawn, lawn, play lawn darts in my front yard, which okay. would be incredibly stupid because my front yard is like two feet. If that. <laughs> so I hire you to do that, and for some reason you accept, and then you play lawn darts and hit somebody on the sidewalk, which is entirely foreseeable, but even if it wasn't, it wouldn't matter. They get pegged in the head with a lawn they dart? Get, yeah, they get to sue me because I, you're my agent, I'm the principal, I'm the person who was deemed to be committing the act, and that's kind of a shortcut way of explaining it, but I can't get rid of liability by hiring people to do dangerous things. Kind of the liability follows but the But the corporations revenue. protect that. The corporations would protect you in that case, right? Like if that person worked for the company, then you yourself would not be liable for their actions. Well, you don't need corporations for that, though. You only need agency theory. Agency theory kind of attaches the liability to the revenue. Corporations, to a large extent, dissolve it. So if I, like, I can't say, oh, this is dangerous, but it's going to make me a lot of money. I'm going to hire employees, have them pull the trigger metaphorically. Uh, Melanie is... um is agency theory basically uh, common law? That's where it came from. It's it's not it's not equal to com- it's not the same thing as common law, but it's part of common well, law. The, the bar has gotten a hold of it and probably mucked it up. But, um, I, um, I yeah, I, I'm I'm in agreement with with all of that. Uh, but I mean the the idea is that you have a company and. And you know you have a board of directors, and you could you could do all of that still without a corporation. Mm-hmm. It's just that if you kill somebody, you may end up doing time. Well, and- I'd like to point out that um, so, for instance, if I own one share of you know some very large company the size of Google or something, I shouldn't be responsible for the actions of Google as a shareholder, so something would have to take its place in a I'm more libertarian sure world. I'm not sure stock would exist in a free market. All right, it would thanks, probably Abel, be just a complicated loan. More coming up here, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Would stock exist? That's an interesting question. Uh, you can share your thoughts here. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, dial on in toll-free and join us here on the radio waves. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Coming up, the latest from Venezuela. There has been some uh, street protests that are pretty heavy-duty happening out there and a ridiculous ban on one of the major opponents to uh, Nicolas Maduro, the president of the country. Our toll-free number, if you want to join us, is 855-450-FREE. So we've uh, we've advertised more than our share, fair share of uh, nutritional supplements here on the air and Free Talk Live over the course of more than a decade on the air, but and and everything I've said about them, I you know I'm I'm only going to tell people the truth in my experience, but Whole Food Multi Complete is a little different from the rest of these supplements, and the reason is is that I think I'm going to take this. Um, into the future. I, I'd, I'd say I'm going to buy it for the rest of my life, but then again, I don't know what the rest of my life's going to be like. But I really like this product, and I intend to continue taking it. And what it is is it's a, it's a mix of probiotics, enzymes, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, other nutrients. All you've got to do 
is go look at the list of ingredients on Whole Food Multicomplete's website, simplifymysupplements.com. Simplifymysupplements.com. And you'll see that they've been doing for 15 years uh, quietly what the, the big the big manufacturers won't do. They're not doing synthetics or anything like that. Everything is, is a whole food um, that, that they've got there. And the list of ingredients is staggering. You'd pay $150 per month to replace these uh, this supplement with other supplements. And it has changed my life. I've lost weight. I, um, I, I'm, you know, it's, it's... How much weight? Between 10 and 15 pounds. Okay. I, you know, I was... I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's, that's a notice. I mean, that's not statistically insignificant. To drop ten pounds yeah. and not know why you did it—that's yeah. uh, pretty amazing. And I probably could use another ten pounds, but this stuff isn't magic. I probably should eat right. Um, but if if you don't eat right, this will help with that. <laughs> Go to simplifymysupplements.com. Use coupon code FTL like uh, several people have over the weekend. So thank you very much. And receive 30% off your first order. Satisfaction is guaranteed or your money back. If it doesn't work out, and uh, you can, you can of course, Russ will take care of it. But if, if you have some kind of problem, email me. I'll make sure it gets taken care of. Simplifymysupplements.com, coupon code FTL. All right. Uh, so the toll-free number tonight, 855-450-FREE. We were talking about corporations and... you. You made an interesting statement just before we went to break there, Melanie, that you didn't believe stocks would exist in a free market. If there was no government out there, there would be no stocks. That okay, seems well, unlikely. Okay, well, I said I'm not sure stocks would exist in a free market, okay. which I feel like is different. Okay, yep. I don't think there's any reason to believe that they would, although people there are people like who know more about this. Well, they like them now, and there are reasons for that, though, and a lot of those reasons have to do with governments. But they like them because gambling, right? Like, you can, like take a gamble on a company and hope that it's going to go big and then you know maybe you'll make some money maybe you won't some people want to you know actually they care about the company that they're investing in too and they want to see it succeed okay i don't uh, know that the reason most people buy stocks is because gambling you don't yeah. think that's always seemed what it's be- i think the reason most people buy stocks is because tax shelters yeah ian's got a warped view of the world and he thinks that things are the way he thinks like me no no understand stock market well, yeah, no, I don't must understand. be bad right? i didn't say it was bad i said it's gambling gambling's not inherently it's, bad it it's can a, be it's a used game. in the fashion of gambling but you can yeah. also look at a company and predict whether or not no, they're going to do well that's yes, gambling. You can. If you're predicting something, you're taking a risk. Well, yeah. that's that's not really the same as going in and you know putting a fifty down on Black Seven or whatever. That's right. the reason why it's not considered gambling, but it's pretty much the same thing. The reason why it's not considered gambling is because the corporations bought regulations that said that it's not considered gambling. So you are agreeing with me that it is essentially gambling? Yeah, yeah it's not the, the same. Street. No, but that's why it's not treated that way. If I mean, if you want to take a literal right. It's a little different in that you can't research the black 20 on the roulette wheel. I mean, so going to work is gambling because what if, you know, your boss dies before you get paid? I mean, anything you do, there's risk. So if you want to be like that, everything is gambling. But you're risking an outlay of cash when it comes to... Gas is money. I mean, you're driving to work, most people... I see your point, but it's not the yeah, to me that it's doesn't not feel the same, the same because going to the casino is not the same. <laughs> you as can't drop driving stock. to work. You too, cannot Ian. drop a hundred thousand dollars into your gas tank, but you can do that on stocks. You can die driving to work, 
Yeah. And that's worth more than $100,000, isn't it? I understand that. But you have to go to work in order to live. Ian. That's an op- It's not really an option. Okay. To, uh, to boil stock, the stock market down to gambling is so simplistic as to borderline on criminally negligent. It is dumb. Okay. Look, okay. You can gamble. It is gambling, though. Mark. I mean, some people no, do it's not. Is. Some people yeah, do is. the weird day trading thing, and maybe that's more like gambling. But that's if, not what most people are doing. If you put money up, and you could lose that money. Okay. If you start a business, you put money up, and you could lose that money. Is some, that gambling? There's a gamble involved in starting a there's business. There's risk. For sure. Okay. Yeah. You have risk and gambling confused. Well, no, gambling involves risk, but there's other ways to take. But there's risk is not gambling. That's correct. I didn't say it was. Jet engines both have uh, combustion engines. That doesn't make them the same thing. I didn't say all risk involves gambling. I didn't say that at all. You were uh, well. I'm telling you that risk and gambling are two different things. I am agreeing with you. Your argument for why the stock market is gambling is because there's risk. No, it's because you're risking money. There's other ways to risk things. You risk by, uh, you know, taking uh, extreme sports. You risk by recording a video of the police. You can risk in a lot of. You can risk by having unprotected sex. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can All take those risk. Things except to maybe recording the police will cost you money. Okay, but you're not risking money. You're not putting money up with the potential of losing a significant sum of money, which is what you do when you get into the stock market. And you can claim it's different from your typical casino gambling, which is also a type of gambling. It's because the ter- it's, you it's can't what people ri- think of when you say gambling. I understand that, but I'm talking that I'm saying the term gambling means more than just walking into a casino. Anyway, uh, if you want to join the conversation, the number here is eight fifty five four fifty free. So why is it that stocks wouldn't exist in the in the free market? Well, just though? for one thing, just the pure plethora of regulations encouraging stocks kind of leads me to believe that maybe they're not doing so hot on their own. So you people who make any substantial amount of money at all, and you know forty plus k a year you know maybe a little bit less than that if you're single and have no kids and if you have a white market job you can either give you know a substantial portion of your money to the united states federal government or you could put it in iras and 401k plans now and if you get an ira and 401k plan you can either have that account in united states federal reserve notes or you can have that account in stocks so Pretty much, I mean, it, it, at the, that point, hold on before you go on. Before you go, the four hundred one k, as I understand it, is a program for employees where they can contribute some of their earnings, and the company typically matches the those contributions. Pre-tax. Correct. Pre tax, meaning that when they take it out, it is then taxed, and when they take it out, correct? Maybe. Maybe okay. In theory, yeah. but that's the idea, right? So you're it's more of like a, a kind of a matched savings account. You defer income until retirement. Mm-hmm. So if you were to or until you close it out, you can close it out before retirement, right? Yeah, and then yeah, take but a penalty. You yeah, a huge penalty. But what if you leave that job? You can roll you it over it into you. something else. Ah, uh, okay. Toll free, just stays there. Toll free number here, 855-450 free. There's very little difference to me between buying a stock and betting on a horse race. You can also, you know, because you, you don't know anything about stocks. I'm sorry. You horses. can research the damn horses too, Mark. Just because you can research something doesn't mean it's not gambling. 855-450 free. This is Free Talk Live. 
There are lots of ways to listen to Free Talk Live. Our podcast has been around since podcasts began, and now the FTL feed is loaded with content besides our full show archives. Did you know that we make it easy for you to customize your podcast subscriptions? We have different feeds, one that includes only our full shows, one with just the Daily Digest, and one with just the Edgington Post. You decide what you listen to. It's quick and easy to customize your feeds at feeds.freetalklive.com. That's feeds.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We do have Skype, and the Skype username is lrn.fm. Uh, with you in the studio tonight here, it's Ian. Melanie. And Mark. All right, so we've been talking about the stock market and Melanie suggesting that maybe stocks wouldn't even exist in a free marketplace. Or even if they would, they would be much less prolific. So they have all these regulations. Prolific? Or plurific. Prom, prom, not whatever. <laughs> Sometimes I'm smush words together. But um, yeah, so they would there would not be anywhere near as much of it. I would say that definitely. I don't know if they would exist at all or if they would be, you know, incredibly rare. So in addition to the, you know. But why, hold on. Why would the lack of a government regulation make stocks less Because it's a government regulation rare, that's propping up an industry. Rare. So if the government says to you, hey, you have a white market job you can either give me half your money or you can put you know 20 to 30 percent of it in stocks or you could put it in 30 40 50 years depending on how old you are federal reserve note savings accounts that you are not allowed to take money out of until you retire and those are your three options that is helping the stock market yeah but if- without regulations there could be different more more stock markets more options in the in the marketplace right like presumably there's a demand to invest in these companies. That's why a lot of people do it. Well, there's a demand when you have all the regulations in place. Why wouldn't there be without the regulations in place? Well, there's a because demand. then you could use your money for whatever. Because then you could a keep your own money and do whatever you want with it. You could spend it. You can invest it in your own business. You wouldn't have the regulations on your small business. You but do ever- understand that a tremendous amount of the money that goes into the stock market is uh, is sort of funneled there because of government regulations. Are you clear on no, that? No, I have no idea. Okay, I'm going to make it sure you know then, all right? The 401k that you have. I don't. Okay, the 401k that many people who are listening to this show Yeah, mandated by government, right? No. 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 Well, it's it's not, well, it's, it's, it's. You could argue that it's mandated. It's not really mandated. It's you can either put your money in that, or, or they not. will steal your money. Okay, so you uh, if, well, and if you get want the matching a, thing if, too. If you right? want to have a uh, okay, so there's the matching. That's an incentive. Well, like, but well, not you every employer get one does it. To three percent matching anyway. Uh-huh. So it's Clear not- Channel had twenty. Um, right. So you know they matched up to twenty percent. Uh, if you took out twenty percent, they would match every dollar, dollar for dollar, up to twenty percent of your yeah. paycheck. So different companies have different things. They choose to do what they choose to do. You can take money pre-tax out of your paycheck mm-hmm. and put it into a four hundred one k. There are options after that. I'll tell you about in a second. The advantage to that is is that then when you take that money out when you're sixty five and a half or whatever age you choose to uh, retire at, yeah. then you begin taking money out. 
to the first uh, 12000 or whatever, or even more than that if you're married, or whatever the amount is, no tax, and then the lowest tax bracket, and then the next bracket after that. So rather than getting taxed at the highest bracket that you're in today, yeah. you're deferring money to the future, hopefully with interest, um, to get taxed less. Secondly, then... Presuming you, they don't raise taxes. Right, but yeah. You can put it in a savings account, call a money market, and get the highest rate, which is probably less than 1% right about now. Um, you can put it in gold. You could put it in stocks. You could put it in a variety of things. Now, right. most people, the, the, the thing that that brokers want to sell are mutual funds. There's yeah. a you know there's a, a bunch of different stuff rolled together. Right? Mutual funds are essentially a hedge against inflation because mm. if you save your money and you have and the Federal Reserve exists, they're going to inflate it away by the time you turn 65 or whenever you personally retire. If you put it in a company that does nothing but stay stagnant, that will maintain the value of your money for when you retire. That is not a situation that would exist in anything resembling a free market. Yes, because there's a great deal of Americans whose money is being essentially funneled into the stock market mm. to keep it buoyed. Right now, if Americans, you know, got to if it was a zero percent tax rate and they got to keep all their money, mm-hmm. the stock market would just tank. Really? Huh. And it might exist. Maybe I'm wrong. But hey, let's have a free market and find out. I'm open to yeah, being sure. wrong. There are people who know I wouldn't. I mean, I don't I have do. any stocks, so you know, I don't but really care about I, it. But. Th- I, I don't think that there's any possible way that the stock market would stay in its present state without the government regulations propping it up. Oh, of course not. Of course and not. if it existed at all, which I have my doubts about, it would be incredibly small. You also have the liability protection because yeah. usually if I own a thing and that thing causes you injury through my not right, managing tell me it. This, tell me this. I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, the in- in- you hear about these initial public offerings where IPO. some company that's private, they decide that they want to go public uh-huh. and then they you know figure out how much stock they're going to be offering up to people and they say you love snapchat come on over and put your money in our company and you'll make money we think uh no guarantees but uh that's you know that they always have these uh, facebook did twitter didn't <laughs> yeah i don't follow who makes the money and, and who doesn't but yeah a lot of times the ipo happens and people don't make money they they lose money um do these mutual funds Get into the IPOs, or are they only getting into the long time? They, ha- they have different stocks. mutual funds, and every company I've ever worked for that was a big company, anyway, that had a four hundred one k, they would give you, you know, a list. They would give you the kind of the condensed flyer version of this is low risk, right? This is kind of moderate risk. This is conservative investments, very versus, low risk, yeah. you know. And then these are with the potential growth, but with the risk. So they right. kind of have the. And it's way more complicated than this, but kind of the three-tier system. Yeah, they boil it down. Yeah, and you, or if you're going into an IRA... You, but is the high-risk stuff, does that include the IPOs? I couldn't answer specifically I, I what any... I don't know, but stuff, it would include stuff like that. Because whenever you hear about the IPO... I mean, what, I, what I'm hearing you guys say is that there's all this money being funneled in by the tax structure and incentives and disincentives by the government. I believe that. That makes sense to me. Uh, but whenever you hear about the IPOs, I kind of get the feeling that... You know, people are buzzing about this. Yeah, thing. I feel like that's I, I, that IPOs have a lot of more regulations on them than existing stock or existing companies or existing companies that are issuing stock. I don't know that an IPO would be in even your high risk mutual funds, but typically when people think of mutual fund, they're thinking of the slow growth kind of fund right, that right. you're putting money into as a hedge against inflation, as a hedge against income theft. 
so that it'll be there right because they've invested in it when you're 65 or 70 or whatever. right because the mutual fund has invested in companies that are sort of long-term successes or whatever they expect that they're going to continue to be successes but i mean okay uh, so if you are you know between 20 and 50 or a lot of time they make you wait till 21 and 50 60 whatever and you take and you have a white market a white market job mm-hmm. and you take money and you put it into a mutual fund and it does nothing but maintain its value not its dollar amount but its value if the company does nothing but stay stagnant you have won immensely giving your options hmm. okay that's correct Right. So the reason I was asking about the IPO is wondering if they were putting it in the mutual funds. Because again, it feels to me like people are like, well, we're going to take a risk on this thing. There's a mutual. A this company, now I can buy pieces of this I little mean, stock really, over can, here. You can lose money. If your tax rate is 30% and you put money in a 401k and lose 20%, you have lost less money. Hmm. That's correct. Um, that's and that's that's an indictment against the tax system. But when it comes to an IPO, we really don't know what a, what a company's worth until it gets out on the market. Mm-hmm. Now, again, the market may not be the perfect way to determine what a company's worth. There's all kinds of formulas and stuff like that, and that's why people buy and why people sell. Um, but an IPO essentially, you're saying, all right. Uh, we're going to start the bidding at uh, 10 bucks. Uh, okay, who, who Who's wants in? 10? Yeah. And then everybody buys at 10, depending right. on the name and whatever. Because they're hoping to make some money. And it goes Isn't down. Right. And I, would goes say, I would say that something like an IPO is more like gambling, but that's not what people are thinking of when they're thinking of the stock market. Most people are thinking of your... Why is an IPO more like gambling than any other stock that you would buy? Because if you buy one, let's call you know the Dow Jones because it's higher risk. The the, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, right? Like uh-huh. these these stocks that have been in there, some of them, many of them for for decades, decades, right? Um, the, you know, you are you're investing in a company that you believe is going sure, to do Sure, sure. That's a bunch well of flowery time. language to put around you're taking a gamble with your money. Oh, I understand God. that you don't want to okay, you want to pretend like it's something else. That's like saying, I'm sorry, it's no different to me than saying, well, I've really looked here at this horsey that's going to race in this this upcoming race. I did some research. I found out what kind of food that it it eats and I found out that it's, you know, going out there and it's training a lot and it's Except won all that these every other races. Horse in a horse race can't win, but Every company can. You have your share of that stock until you choose to sell it. The horse race is over when the horses cross the line. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. Again, minor changes in the game there, Mark. It's still all just a big game. You can take control of the airwaves here and bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free. Join us right here. Our number, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We've got Skype, and the Skype username is lrn.fm. Tonight in studio, it's Ian. Melanie. And Mark. Saveitpurse.com. There's no gamble there. You're going to save big money every time you go to saveitpurse.com. It's so easy. What you do is you load up your Amazon wish list with the stuff you want or the stuff you need. You load up that wish list over at saveitpurse.com and then you select your discount. Now, the only real question is how long is it going to take to get the products that you want purchased? If you're asking for 33% off, it might take a while. If you're asking for 20% off, because again, you get to choose your discount. If you ask for 20% off, in my experience, same day. Somebody's got that thing ordered for you and shipping it to your home. In a lot of cases, They'll use Prime. Now, it's up to the buyer whether or not they use uh, use the Prime. It just depends on whether they have it or not, generally. Uh, the way all this works, though, is it requires you to have cryptocurrency, like Bitcoin. 
in order to get these incredible discounts on Amazon. I've been doing this for more than two years. This isn't some flash-in-the-pan thing that's going to hopefully won't disappear tomorrow. It's really uh, worked out really well for me. I've saved about $1,700 on over 80 purchases in two years. That's money I was going to spend anyway because I would have paid for these things at full price at Amazon, but instead I saved 20% or in some cases more. 25% uh, is not also uncommon for me to get these days. So if you want to try this out for yourself, go to Save at Purse, saveatpurse.com, and save big time on your Amazon purchases. Our toll-free number tonight, if you want to join us, is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. The news coming from uh, Venezuela. I've had this story for the last several days, and we haven't talked about it yet, and it just keeps getting updated. Uh, the Associated Press has... The same URL that I've been pulling up keeps getting like updates every single day because people are in the streets in Venezuela putting pressure uh, against the president there, Nicolas Maduro. We've been following the Venezuelan situation down there for years here on Free Talk Live. It's just an absolute uh, mess. It is socialism that has you know completely failed, and unfortunately, there are real human lives being caught up in this, and people are very, very hungry. Down there in Venezuela, it's hard to get food. The exchange rate has uh, the forced government exchange rate between the uh, the bolivar and dollar has really screwed up the economy. Not to mention the nationalization of various different industries and uh, the government now running uh, food distribution. I mean, it is it is a terrible situation. People smuggling out gasoline and smuggling in milk. Yeah, um, it's it's Hopefully crazy. Not in the same container. And so the story has been updated so much that one of the original points that I was wanting to share was removed from the story because it happened last week at this point. So I want to start with what happened last week to 44-year-old Enrique Capriles, who is one of the most prominent leaders of the opposition party in Venezuela. So you've got the uh, the, the socialist Chavistas, the, uh, the Nicolas Maduro party that is in control of the country, and then uh, Enrique Capriles is one of the top people in the opposition party. He's been now banned from running for office for 15 years. Ah, the smell of freedom in the morning. The latest move, according to aljazeera.com, in an increasingly tense power struggle in the crisis-hit country, Capriles read from excerpts of the Comptroller General's order at a rally on Friday night in which he urged supporters to take to the streets, and they did, uh, beginning with a previously scheduled demonstration on Saturday to defend their political rights and demand the removal of President Nicolai Maduro. When the dictatorship squeals, it's a sign we're advancing, said Capriles in a speech surrounded by other leading opposition figures, many of whom themselves have been targeted. He said, the only one who is disqualified here is you, Nicolas Maduro. The 44, they, by the way, put this guy in prison before as well, so they really, they really don't like him. Uh, the 44-year-old Capriles has been the most prominent leader of Venezuelan's opposition over the past decade, twice coming close to winning the presidency. He's currently governor of Miranda State, which surrounds oh. Caracas. This is like a <laughs> so they're telling the governor he can't run for office? That's correct. Uh, the ban deals a blow to the opposition after stepped-up protests this week and accusations that Maduro is tightening his grip on power and cracking down on dissent. Leaders in the ruling Socialist Party have accused Capriles in recent days of trying to provoke a bloodbath through his leadership of protests, many of which have ended in tear gas and rubber bullets. So it's his fault 
you know, whenever the police are beating people in the streets, it's all this guy's fault for calling them to be in the streets in the first place, according to the Socialist Party. Violence erupted for a third day straight on Thursday, leaving one demonstrator dead. The ruling said the sanction was due to, quote, administrative irregularities, unquote, by Caprillus in his post as governor. Authorities have been investigating him since the beginning of the year for what they say are a half a dozen administrative irregularities, including taking suspicious donations from abroad. The move effectively bans him from running against Maduro in a general election due next year. So maybe they're going to let him stay in his governor role. You can you can run for governor again, but you just can't run for the president because, well, we're afraid you might win. It's part of a broader uh, crackdown that began with a decision last week by the Venezuelan Supreme Court to gut the opposition-controlled Congress of its last vestiges of power. That decision was later reversed amid widespread international condemnation. So, yeah, you literally had the Supreme Court in Venezuela say, okay, yeah, you legislators, uh, yeah, you're not going to be able to do anything anymore, basically. <laughs> and then they well, finally I reversed that. I thought that's what that. a Supreme Court was. What? Is um I mean what how is the Supreme Court so beholden to uh, this uh, Maduro? Fella? To Maduro, I don't know. Maybe he appointed them. I don't know the intimacy of how or how all of that uh, the po- politics interacts there. But they uh, they did reverse that after it you know caused all kinds of uh, outrage. The comptroller's office notification, kind of like how they reversed. Remember when they were going to get rid of the uh, fifty? I think the fifty Bolivar note and the hundred Bolivar note, or no, no, it's the higher the higher notes. They were going to get. Oh yeah, but they're getting rid of the smaller ones. Anyway, they're going to get rid of some of their uh, their their notes, and they reverse that decision too. Because their notes are nearly worthless anyway. Yeah. I mean, they might, might as well just start throwing zeros on those things. Uh, yeah, well, that's what they were planning on doing. The comptroller's office said to Capriles that he had 15 working days to appeal the decision at that office, or 180 days to ask for its annulment at the Supreme Court. Both are pro-government and unlikely to overturn the decision. He lost narrowly in the 2013 election that brought Maduro to the presidency after the death of Hugo Chavez. Uh, By the way, Maduro was Chavez's right-hand man during his time as president. The collapse in prices in Venezuela's crucial oil exports has sapped the country's revenues, prompting shortages of food, medicine, and basic goods, along with a surge in violent crime. Now, that is a very... Uh, simplistic version of what it is that's gone on over there. It's not the price of oil that has destroyed the food. Okay, what has happened there is, yes, the price of oil is down, which means the revenues that the government was collecting uh, are down. That's definitely true. Uh, But the government's price controls are what have destroyed the economy. Well, it's a socialist, uh, likely, um, you know, I mean, they're journalists, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, likely socialist writing this. explaining why socialism isn't working, and in this case, it's saying, oh, well, it's a real shame that the price of gasoline went down. And, right, they're blaming the market, right? basically. Um, no, you know, it's probably the fact that Venezuela's been nationalizing every profitable business and essentially driving out um, any successful people from doing business or right. living in the country, um, plus the fact that the government is inefficient at everything it does. And when you give away free crap, to people who don't do anything, they're going to do nothing and expect more free crap. That's why socialism doesn't work, never has worked, never will work. Yep, that's absolutely true. It's a parasite. I guess uh, to say it never will work is probably inaccurate. Socialism allows a certain amount of people to be parasitic on an economy. If you uh, if you will you limit that number of people that are parasitic it'll sufficiently it will keep going which you won't because as long as you're you oh, or i guess you could if you had a socialist government that did not pay you to breed which i've never seen 
Yes. But some of them last longer than others, right? Like in the U.S., there's plenty of socialism, but it's still going strong because there's a productive economy fueling it. Right. right. For the time being and for the past hundred years, too, I guess. But they have socialism, but they also have a little bit of market left. So it's not really the same as 100 percent socialism. I wasn't saying that it was. And neither is Venezuela. I mean, you can still have your own business until the government decides to come until in and nationalize it. Until they arrest you for baking it. brownies right. or whatever that Which is was. what they've so, done. So you can't, actually. Well, you can have the illusion of having your own business as long as the government doesn't want to take it over. Uh, which, you know, was one of the, is one of the problems in Venezuela. Is As you mentioned, Mark, the government has taken over a lot of businesses. I believe it's hundreds of uh, businesses have been taken over by the state. And like 70% of them are not making any money. Okay, so yeah, that sounds like money. 100% socialism to me. If the government is just randomly seizing all yeah, they're businesses just, and arresting bakers. Yeah, they're, they're at just about 100% socialism. Pretty People much. will often point out, uh, and I think it's fair to point out uh, things like, uh, you know, Denmark and Sweden and these sorts of things. And these countries are... They're capitalistic in many ways, too, and they're successful. And like I said, it just has to do with how many parasites you allow. And I'm I'm including the politicians in that, too. Maduro uh, says that it is not his fault. It's that uh, it's a capitalist conspiracy is why the country is in an economic crisis. Of course it is. 855, 450 free. We got more coming up. Uh, People are taking to the streets as we speak in Venezuela. A funny thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Modern advertisers have been trained to look for trackability in their advertising, and web search ads are great for that. They also help you get the consumer that's looking for products like yours in the moment. But they're expensive, and they do nothing to convince people to try your product segment in the first place. They help you get a bigger piece of the pie. But branding mediums like radio grow the pie itself. Free Talk Live's on more than 150 stations, and we can help advertisers with little budgets and big ones. Send me an email, mark at freetalklive.com. It's mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You dial on in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We do have Skype, and the Skype username is lrn.fm. With you in studio, Ian here. Melanie. And Mark. Headline uh, just came out today. Apparently, Donald Trump is now ordering his military advisors to prepare plans to hit North Korea that we can talk about more here in moments. We were discussing the latest from Venezuela, however, where things have continued to devolve into even a greater mess than ever before, and things uh, are likely going to keep getting worse there until they finally get better, and they're not going to get better until Nicolas Maduro is removed from power. I mean, that's just a fact. It's just not nothing's going to change of any significance until uh, he is, is gone, and at this point he has now banned his number one political opponent, from running against him in the next upcoming presidential election. Socialists ruin everything. So uh, the fix is in, and according to the Associated Press in Caracas, thousands of protesters demanding new elections faced off with security forces who launched tear gas. This is from today, by the way. It's been going on for days now, people in the streets uh, in Venezuela, who launched tear gas and stood shoulder to shoulder blocking roadways in the Venezuelan capital today. Demonstrators covered their faces to protect against the plumes of tear gas that wafted through the streets of Caracas. And perhaps not be identified. Wait, are you saying they allow them to stay there for days before deploying tear gas? Uh, no, this has been just ongoing okay. uh, just ongoing conflict in the streets. I, I bookmarked this story 
days ago and we just hadn't gotten to it yet and it keeps getting updated because people keep going out into the streets day after day after day uh and when they banned uh enrique capriles the main opposition leader that's when the heavy numbers really went out into the streets so it wasn't as much of a protest until they told this guy he can't run for office anymore and uh, then things you know got even more intense uh, the a few of them threw rocks as they tried to make their way downtown, waving Venezuelan flags and carrying signs decrying President Nicolas Maduro. Maria Guedes, a 67-year-old homemaker carrying a sign that read, No More Dictatorship, said, quote, We need to get out on the street and fight to tell these people we don't want them. Now, in their second week, the protest initially erupted April 1st after the Supreme Court stripped Congress of its last vestiges of power, a decision that it later reversed. Demonstrators and opposition <laughs> leaders are angry. we changed our mind. <laughs> well, you know, Supreme Courts do that a lot, usually yeah, not the next day. they don't change them that quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they do. Demonstrators. When? There's been a couple of times. Where they've changed their, like, so one person changed their vote going from 5-4 in another direction kind of thing? There's actually been one, and I forgot the name of it, but there's been one United States federal Supreme Court that has been, the that actual case has been reversed. But I mean, courts rule against what they previously ruled, even, I mean, especially the Supreme Court all the time. Otherwise, it would be statutes, not case Opinions. Law. Yeah. Demonstrators and opposition leaders are angered at what they see as a government that no longer respects democratic institutions and is sliding toward authoritarianism. Well, at what point will it be authoritarian? I, mean, I think it's been that way for a long time. Right. I mean, they've been nationalizing industries for I'm since not before sure, this Ian. guy. Uh, okay, so if this isn't authoritarian, can we get like a brief description from this author of yeah. what exactly to look for to determine that something is authoritarian? It would be nice to know, wouldn't it? Authorities squashed an opposition campaign to hold a recall referendum on Maduro last year, and a date has yet to be set for gubernatorial elections that were supposed to take place in 2016. Yeah, we're just not going to do that. So I mean, there's there's been, you know, I remember over the years here in, in the U.S., you know, every four years, there's always like a rumor that Bush is not going to leave office. Obama's not going to leave office. Like, there's always that rumor. Mm-hmm. And you know, they keep having the elections here because it's important. Trump's not going to leave office. <laughs> it's important for the, uh, you know, for the for the air of legitimacy, the aura of legitimacy that the state has to continue having regular elections. I mean, Janet Yellen isn't going to leave office, which is what is really important. Is that the Federal Reserve Chairman? Yeah. She's an appointee. They're going to change out the uh, figureheads. Right. Um, and because ultimately, whether it's Trump, whether it's Obama, whether it's Bush that's in the office, it ultimately doesn't matter because the state's going to be more powerful. It's going to aggregate more uh, money and power to itself, and it's going to grow in its influence and control over our lives. That much they can count on. Um, so if they change out the head of state, people think that there's some actual change happening, which is what they really fooled them with with Donald Trump. They really got people fooled into thinking he was somehow not part of the establishment. I mean, I'm really glad I did not vote for him, but at the same time, I was kind of hoping maybe he wouldn't be as bomby. Yeah, it turns out he's even worse. He than, talked uh, like somebody Obama. who wasn't going to be quite as bomby. Yeah, he said it would be a new era of peace. Yeah. And now, well, I mean, that was obvious. Yes, regardless, yeah. even at the like time. Like rest but, in you know, peace. It's like, you know, less... <laughs> Like, less mass murder, I was kind of hoping for. Let's go to your calls and thoughts here. There's more about Venezuela, but we do have Cynthia on the line. She is in Florida, and you're on Free Talk Live listening online. Hey, Cynthia. Hey, everyone. Hey. Hey, so I wanted to talk about the housing market today. Sure. Um, I almost bought a house today. Ooh, all right. But unfortunately, it fell under. 
And I was making comparisons not too long ago in the 2008 crash. Um, a lot of the market looked like it does today. I was just wondering, what do you guys have thoughts on that? You when you think? said the house fell under, what do you mean? Deal fell you through? No, like the housing market fell under. Well, fell what? under what? Yeah, like the, two, the 2008 crash. No, no. You said that the deal, like the uh, that you were going to buy a house today. And then you said the oh, deal, yeah. what, fell through or um, whatever? And she said fell under, yeah, which she is a strange term, which is why I asked what that meant. I'm sorry. I'm not very familiar with housing terms. So but, the deal fell through? Uh, Who backed out? Yeah. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, well, the, no, sell- the deal didn't fall through. I meant to say that the house got bought. Someone bought the house. Someone made a better. 20% over listing price. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, you I got see. outbid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not exactly a sign that the housing market is is failing. Well, I mean, you can't take well, one it example. Can, it can be that's anecdotal, obviously, but it can be. I don't particularly feel qualified to say whether or not the same thing is going on again. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really been paying attention to it. I either. haven't either. I mean, I've heard a real estate advertisement on the radio that says that things are good. But I mean, I'll looking, take a run looking, at it. Looking if for I could. subsidized loans would be what I would look for look for for a bubble right and that's exactly right so the what i would look for as far as a housing bubble goes um there are some similarities to the the market in 2004 2005 i agree with you but um the similarities don't make the disease i would say the biggest problem 2004 2005 is when the government decided everybody deserves the american dream even people that can't work for it and don't deserve it or whatever <laughs> can right? you fog a mirror here's a loan right, right if you got a heartbeat <laughs> you get a loan um so that created a sort of hot housing market and there were a lot of people getting these subprime loans and it's the subprime loans the people you know the no documentation mortgages those kind of things the banks are being very 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 careful these days as far as loans go well and they're not forced to hand out bad loans like they were Back before the crash. Yeah, either. but they can be incentivized mm-hmm. to hand out bad loans, and they're not doing it. I'm, you know, I was trying to get a, a loan recently too, and you know, they weren't going anywhere near eighty percent on this loan. So, um, you know, I would say that they're not, from what I can tell, not being irresponsible. There are five banks that I had going at this deal, and um, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, they they're they're being very cautious right now. Well, the correlation that I saw was that. The houses in the more richer part of town aren't selling at all. There's plenty of houses on the market that aren't selling. But then when you go to the lesser, more middle class, all of them are selling. Like you can put a house on the market immediately and they'll they'll sell for twenty percent off listing price. And that's just like what I'm noticing that we can't afford those more expensive houses, but the lesser houses we could afford. And it's just like I don't know, I just thought that might be a correlation for what's be- happening. Well, um, during the uh, during the bubble, uh, all houses were going up, and uh, the market was shooting up for the rich people as well as the poor. Um, and what I'm wondering is, uh, a, where are you calling from? Orlando. Orlando. Okay, um, so you're in an area that's sort of up and coming. Um, are you just looking at certain neighborhoods? Or are you talking about anything under two hundred thousand is skyrocketing? Uh, yeah, that's the latter. 
Okay, um, because it could be gentrification is what we're looking at if it's certain neighborhoods, um, or it j- could just be that people are wanting to move to Orlando. It turns out that air conditioning is cheaper than heat, and um, you know if they can find a, a good job in Orlando, it beats the hell out of Cincinnati. Cynthia, good luck out there uh, in that market. I appreciate hearing from you tonight. Our toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Uh, you can share your thoughts. We can talk about North Korea, Venezuela, all of that on the way. Free talk live free talk live dial on in toll free and join us on the radio waves our number is 855-450-FREE that's 855-450-3733 and we do have skype our skype username is lrn.fm plus want to let you know about bitcoin.com They've recently reported that Bitcoin transaction fees have increased by more than 1,200% since 2015. Now, to many Bitcoin proponents, the current fee market is moving way too fast, making Bitcoin unusable for certain transactions. The fee market and slow confirmation times have also increased the tension concerning the block size debate. However, if there are wallets with low amounts of Bitcoin that can't cover the fees, they become virtually unspendable. Learn more at news.bitcoin.com. That's news.bitcoin.com. As we continue here, we'll take your calls and thoughts if you want to join us. We've been discussing Venezuela once again. The situation there continues to deteriorate with uh, Nicolas Maduro, the socialist president, uh, continuing to nationalize industry and blame capitalism. Uh, Blame the United States for the failure of the socialist system. As though there. the United States just has it in for Venezuela. You know, they're doing everything they can to sink Although, Venezuela. to be fair, if the United States would stop its imperialism, it would be less easy to blame things on it. Agreed. That's true, but the U.S. hasn't been moving troops into Venezuela or anything like that. Right, no, but I mean, it is pretty entangled in the oil not market, but... True. Venezuela caused its own downfall by being socialist. Exactly. I mean, their oil situation there is so bad that they can't even move it internationally effectively because they uh, the, the tankers that they use won't pass international inspection. And so they don't get the certification they need to actually hit the high seas and, and transfer the product to other places. Yeah, they've been spending their money on other things. Uh, they've been spending their money so unwisely they don't have enough money to keep up their tankers, which is, of course, the only thing that can transport oil, which is their only real export. They don't even have enough money to buy more money at this point. They can't even get more of their currency printed because they don't have enough dollars to pay for uh, currency print runs because the company that they use to print their currency for them is not going to accept the currency they're printing for them. So they will only accept other currency like dollars or euros, which Venezuela doesn't really have. Uh, you know, it's in short supply for that particular country. So it's just an absolute mess. And people are taken to the streets. In fact, protests erupted back on April 1st. It's like a Pepsi commercial out there. (laughs) (laughs) You're referring to, I actually didn't watch the the commercial. It's horrible. It's really horrible. And I I won't even be mad. I just want to know what it was that went through your head when you wrote that ad. And the guy who approved it and the guy who aired it. Like, what were you actually thinking? This was where Kendall Jenner was it? She offers a Pepsi to a like a riot cop or something like yeah, that. Yeah, whoever it was. First of all, you have like a severely underarmed, under uh, hidden 
riot cop. Right, like a normal looking cop. Who, a riot yeah. cop who's, who, then, who you can see their face. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. so she hands him a Pepsi and then now everything's fixed and there's no more oppression in the world. <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe we should have just bought Pepsi. Like, I just, think that's the, that that's what they were trying to get across. If we threw, I don't know what they were trying to get across. Because you bought Coke is why we have oppression. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say that any su- sweet syrupy beverage would be fine. <laughs> Um, anyway, back to the story here about real protests in the streets. Uh, April 1st is when it started up after the Supreme Court stripped Congress of its last vestiges of power. They then reversed that decision. Demonstrators and opposition leaders are angered at what they see as a government that no longer respects democratic institutions and is sliding toward authoritarianism. Um, so now apparently uh, the authorities also quashed an op- uh, excuse me, opposition campaign to hold a recall referendum on Maduro last year. And they've put off gubernatorial elections that were supposed to also take place last year. Maduro accuses the opposition of fomenting unrest and conspiring with international actors to destabilize the country. Right. It has nothing at all to do with the fact that Mr. Maduro and his government put a government-mandated exchange rate on the currency, which has wreaked all kinds of havoc on the ability to do business. Because when they say – I mean, to me, this is one of the biggest mistakes they made – uh, besides being socialist and nationalizing industry and you know all the other crap, but to to say that ten bolivar to one U.S. dollar is the official exchange rate has right. has made it impossible to trade internationally because you have to buy a pallet full of toilet paper with dollars because the company that's going to sell you the pallet full of toilet paper is not going to take the Venezuelan bolivar because it's it is, as good as toilet paper because it is just about <laughs> as bad. And uh, and so they want dollars, but you can't. You know what? That's an insult to toilet paper. Yeah. You can't get dollars legally in Venezuela. You cannot take 10 Bolivar into the bank and get one dollar for it. The, the, the exchange does not work in that direction. It is not legal to do that. You can take $1 to the bank and get 10 Bolivar for it, but you'd be a fool. Because right. the actual value of the U.S. dollar, according to uh, dollartoday.com, I will pull up here momentarily because it was, last time I checked a couple weeks ago, about 3,000 Bolivar to 1 U.S. dollar. Currently, okay, currently it's 4,400 Bolivar to 1 U.S. dollar. So if you are stupid enough to take a U.S. dollar into the bank and walk out with 10 Bolivars, you deserve to have your business fail. Yeah. Uh, but if, if you want to buy anything at all, and a lot of the stuff in Venezuela has to be imported because the socialist economy has wreaked havoc on local businesses, people aren't able to decide what they, they can farm for themselves. I mean, so it's, they're just not producing anything inside the country anymore. So you have to import things, but you can't import things because you can't get enough dollars to do it because you have to buy them on the black market. And if you're buying them on the black market, then you've bought them illegally. And so it's just like, all you can do is just hope to scrape by and feed your family. That's all they're hoping to do. And, you know, good luck getting uh, immigrating to another country that uh, because, you know, the the State Department's policies of cracking down on immigration have really gone worldwide. And uh, people are basically stuck in the countries that they're in and can't get away. On Sunday, the president called on the opposition to return to stymied efforts at dialogue and said he was eager for regional elections to take place. But opposition leaders renewed calls to take to the streets, saying Maduro's words have no credibility until a full election timeline has been formally established. Julio Borges, president of the National Assembly, says that's the only way there will be peace in Venezuela. 
Socialist Party leader Diosdado Cabello said on Twitter, opposition members who use violence and terrorism to impose themselves on the majority who want peace should face the consequences of the law. Oh, so it's only a problem when the opposition uses violence. That's and all it is. All right? it ever is. Well, that's, yeah, that's what a government is, telling you not to use defensive violence against its aggressive against violence. its violence. He says, enough with impunity, he wrote. Monday's protest took place at the start of Easter week, when many Venezuelans typically spend quiet time at home with their family or go on vacation, which, if they could afford to do, I'm sure many of them would, uh, to spend any time outside of this hellhole. Opposition party leaders urged people to put any beach plans on hold and instead get some sun while putting pressure on the government. Authorities shut down several metro stations, citing security reasons, but thousands nonetheless walked to the march. In some previous demonstrations, government groups have roughed up several opposition leaders and fired rubber bullets and a previously unseen reddish gas at crowds. One day, a small group of young protesters unsuccessfully tried to set fire to the Supreme Court office, and another group snatched a camera from journalists working for pro-government state broadcaster VTV. A dozen pro- uh, people were injured at the protest Monday, that's today by the way, and opposition leaders shared a video that they said showed an infant being whisked away after being overcome by tear gas. Opposition members also distributed a picture of an expired tear gas canister that they said was found detonated at a previous demonstration. We'll continue with the latest from Venezuela. And is it going to be long before the United States looks the same way? Is it impossible? Can it not happen here? 855 450 free as the U.S. rolls into a possible war. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help porcupinerealestate.com This is Free Talk Live. You can dial toll-free and join us here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We do have Skype, and the Skype username is lrn.fm. Tonight, in studio with you, it's Ian. Melody. And Mark. We're sharing with you the latest from Venezuela, where people have been in the streets protesting, uh, clashing with armed police tear gas canisters, uh, You know, tear gassing apparently babies, according to the report here in the Associated Press, as the government desperately holds on to the power that they have trying to stop elections from happening there. I mean, are they close to the bitter end in Venezuela? I certainly hope so for the the, uh, the good of the people, that uh, the good people of Venezuela who are subject to this terrible government that they have there. Uh, we can continue with that. Your calls and thoughts are welcome. 855-453. That's 855-450-3733. Or Skype on in here at username lrn.fm. Uh, according to the AP, we're just going to re- finish this report out and we'll get to your calls and thoughts about whatever's on your mind. Expired tear gas chemicals and solvents inside a cartridge could potentially react with other 
or with each other or oxygen in the area and degrade, forming highly toxic gases, said Sven-Erik Jort, a professor at Duke University School of Medicine. A degraded pyrotechnic charge propelling the cartridge could also lead to uncontrolled explosions. Overall, the unrest has left one person dead and more than 100 detained. 18 people were detained today, and Venezuelan's interior minister, Nestor Rivero, said officers would continue to be deployed around the country. Well, that is until the officers don't get paid anymore and are hungry. Uh, because it's not far from that yeah, either. They're really not that far. The Bolivarian government stands by its commitment. Once the soldiers aren't eating, aren't getting paid, it's over. That's when the guns yeah. get turned on the leaders. The Bol- right, there, I mean, the only way Maduro is going to get stepped down is if he's forced out at this point. I mean, he's doing everything he can to prevent any kind yeah. of threat. I mean, to he his- is. Um, he has stacked the deck. I'd call it illegal, but what he's doing is, is in fact. The definition of legal. He writes. They write the laws. Right. He basically has uh, disempowered the legislature. Um, he stacked the, the Supreme Court. Uh, he said, uh, uh, you know, they voted for uh, what a recall, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that in about four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> right. it's just, it's just amazing. At this point, all there is left is for some general to have enough money to feed his soldiers for a couple of weeks longer than the government does, and say, all right, boys. It looks like I'm going to be president next. Right. <laughs> and that's it. And it couldn't get much worse uh, than it already is. The Bolivarian government said, the one of their spokespeople, the interior minister, said the Bolivarian government stands by its commitment to guarantee the tranquility. And uh, let's see, Something. my screen is scrolling without my consent. Uh, to guarantee the tranquility and social well-being of our people. He said in announcing the detentions, the international leaders and organization for American states have been ratcheting up pressure on Venezuela to hold its general elections. A call Maduro and his allies have condemned as an unjust attempt to intervene in the Andean nation's domestic affairs. How dare you other countries tell us to have our elections? We'll have it whenever we darn well feel like it. Yeah. Right. The rest of you countries with regularly scheduled elections, we don't do that around here. Well, he uh, he loves to critique the United States and their policies. Um, it's kind of funny that he doesn't like people critiquing his. International leaders, uh, or excuse me, on Friday, two-time presidential candidate Enrique Capriles was barred for running for office for 15 years amid an intense campaign waged by the government trying uh, him for the protest movement that has grown into the most contentious since a wave of unrest in 2014. Quote, we urge demonstrators to express themselves nonviolently and call on government security forces to peaceful or to protect peaceful protests, not prevent it. This according to the U.S. State Department. Uh, you know, it's interesting. The State Department's weighing in, telling the protesters to not be violent. So uh, they're they're doing uh, Maduro a favor here, right? Maduro is always blaming the United States. You would think that if the U.S. was so against his administration, they'd be calling for violence. But of course, I guess then they'd be the hypocritical. The U.S. is not going to call for violence, at yeah. least in what they consider to to what looks like civilian violence mm-hmm. they're, they're gonna have something that looks like a military popular singer miguel ignacio mendoza known as nacho was among those affected by tear gas in caracas on monday he said quote the repression is not an invention of the media i'm here to prove it let's go to your calls and thoughts we have parker on the line in washington state on skype go ahead parker hey guys how's it going what's on your mind tonight uh not a whole lot i was talking a little bit with my uh 
colleagues at Safeway about um, – well, I basically started the conversation by saying that I think the jury is still out on the whole Syrian strike mess and like yeah. who did what and when and for what reasons. And one of my colleagues said uh, essentially to the to the effect – well, if uh, if Assad did do the chemical strikes, then we should beat his ass. It's like, well, hold on a second. I don't think that we should be the quote unquote world's police force. Did he call you a cuck? No. <laughs> Said Wilson did not call and me I a mean, cuck. I mean, especially when the U.S. is doing the same things, they might have cheaper and more effective, less violent looking because the U.S. pays money to pharmacy companies to have less violent looking chemical weapons hmm. when some other country is maybe poorer and has one that you can see all the violence that goes on i mean why like why but a drone bombed kid is just as dead as a uh as a sarin gassed kid uh, right you're absolutely right there right. and but, i mean and, and the idea that for some reason okay so assad kills lots and lots of people in his country and including lots of children then one day oh, presumably oh, he releases sarin gas, kills lots of people and some kids, and that's unacceptable. So chemical weapons, unacceptable. Everything else, no one cares. I just don't understand why. It seems like, well, because you like, can see the effects of chemical weapons. Especially it looks like Donald Trump saw a, pic- a picture weapons. on the internet, and every and all of his uh, supporters are like, "Oh yeah, that's just terrible. He's right." But what about all the drone strike attacks? We're like, no more than like a week, maybe two weeks ago, uh, Donald Trump, uh, either by his own hand uh, signing the order or through – because he didn't – obviously he didn't fly the drone. But either he gave the order or it was carried out by certain uh, individuals without the order being given. But nonetheless, it was uh, signed off by uh, Trump. Where essentially 200 civilians were killed in Iraq in in a uh, in a drone attack. How is that any less egregious? It's not. It's if not more so egregious because he's drone bombed uh, pa- what Pakistan. He's drone bombed what Libya uh, since he's taken office and has increased the body count in the last month over what Obama's recent body counts were. So I mean, he's been right. killing all kinds of innocent folks. Yeah, I mean, I- really sure what the distinction is here why people are upset about this particular government killing i mean even like the u.s has been bombing syria for several years now the u.s has been fighting a proxy war with russia through syria for several years now why is this particular bombing any different well because obama was a man of peace i mean he won the nobel peace prize and a legend trump's been (laughs) trump's been in office for a few months i mean they've I don't, as far as I know, they haven't stopped bombing Syria. It's not yeah, I, new right. that the U.S. is bombing Syria. Right. But, I mean, it seems to me as though it's it's very difficult to get people to admit that, well, yeah, we we should not be – I mean, sure, Assad may be a bad guy, but should we really be jumping into this entire cluster right. bad word? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
No, like, I mean, you're right. I mean, you'd think Americans would have learned by now after the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, Vietnam. I mean, you'd think they would have learned the getting involved in these other conflicts around Korea, the world. You know, you just you, you name it. it if just, it occurred after World War II, they lost it. Just because someone's bad doesn't mean you can help effectively. Hey, Parker, thanks for the call tonight. I, I, I can appreciate the frustration, and that's one of the reasons why I moved to New Hampshire uh, to be around other liberty-minded people so we can have a concentration of, of, uh, of our efforts here and actually have some success and get away from this violence. It's Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Join us right here. Our number is 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And you can join us on Skype as well. It's Skype username LRN.FM. A few moments remain. Enough time for your call and thoughts if you want to get in now. With you in studio, it's Ian. Melanie. And Mark. And don't forget, if you want to support Free Talk Live, please become a Free Talk Live amplifier. It's five bucks a month, the price of a fancy cup of coffee or a hamburger uh, that is, uh, if you enjoy Free Talk Live, you like the work that we do here, and you want to hear more of it, you want to get it on more radio stations, we've got over 160 stations that take the show at various times throughout the week. We could be on 200, 300, 400. It's possible, but we'd have to effectively market the show. There's still program directors that I call who've never heard of Free Talk Live before. Uh, so, you know, even though we're kind of a mid-sized syndicated show... We're still not in the top tier, and it takes time and it takes money uh, to do that. So please join the AMP program. Get perks like access to the top or uh, access to the uh, the AMP-only call-in lines, access to the AMP-only Facebook group where you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners and some of the hosts. So uh, you get perks as well, and it's only 5 bucks a month, and it makes a huge difference for us. Please drop by uh, amp.freetalklive.com. You can use Bitcoin, by the way, as well as PayPal and credit cards to sign up for the AMP program and get those perks and help us out. That's amp, A-M-P, amp.freetalklive.com. We go to the phones, to the fun. It's Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Sarah. Yes, my my topic is uh, uh, kind of off from what you're talking about, but... Uh, I just want to mention that automobile sales have been going down, and I think uh, this show has helped. Uh, uh, I have convinced people to start walking and ride the bus uh, because uh, they, you believe they, uh, that. Just to be clear, you believe that you calling Free Talk Live, talking about red light cameras, speeding cameras, car accidents, things like that, has dissuaded people from buying cars. And, and well, enough of people for you to tell in the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I take some credit for it because I've been talking on your show for like the last two years. Or How many other shows do you call? Well, you know, I also call uh, KKOB, the local station here. Mm-hmm. And I talk about how good good for it it is. I mean, people know that, you know, bicycling. How did you find Free Talk for- Live? Well, you know what? You came in really faint uh, on a Saturday. So you were listening to Kiva. You were listening to our local station in Albuquerque, Kiva. Okay, so you right. you really only call the shows that you uh, you can receive on the radio. So you your your calling uh, radius is relatively th- limited. You're only mostly talking to local shows in Albuquerque, and you're calling Free Talk Live. Do you call any other national shows besides Free Talk Live? But you know something? It takes a few people here and a couple of people here, uh, uh, and and I really believe that uh, just little things build up to the big picture. 
And I talked about the red snapper disappearing for the next 10 years thanks to our uh, BP spill. And I think enough well, we, people that's not true. That. Uh, you know, just we already talked about that. There's still plenty of red snapper uh, out there. But uh, look, uh, apparently, according to the Business Insider, U.S. auto sales rose at an, an annualized rate of 17.58 million in February. So if there's anything that's down, it's that the estimates were that it would rise at a rate of 17.7 million. So it didn't go as high as they were expecting it to. Oh, but and they fell in January. Sales fell in January following another record year for automakers. Yeah. So maybe people just have a lot of cars right now and they're not uh, the cash for clunkers sucked out. Like basically, you remember you remember when you could buy a car for $1500? $1,000, no. $2,000. Yeah, you could do it. It was possible to get a car yeah, that would run. Yeah, before that subsidy that literally, I got a piece literally of crap destroyed car for that all much the cars. Money. Yeah, well, um, you well, know. Just the thing, I was going to say, you know what? I lived in California, and we you have to drive like three, two and a half, or three miles to get a half gallon of milk. You have to drive your kids three miles to take them to school and take them back. And people are just getting tired of it. And they want, like you say, Mark, the, the street design where you you work upstairs, you work down, you live upstairs, the living quarters, you you work downstairs, and then your your grocery store is like a half a mile away. A That's a nice situation. Away. Everything's is, not yeah. zones like that, though. Okay, but look, Sarah, I want to say thank you for giving us the credit for for what's not actually happening. I mean, the car sales are were a record last they're year. Up, they're so. down, whatever. Uh, you know, the, well, if they were a record sales year last year, then that's it's not going to do as well this year as it did last. That's a, that's, that's an indication that things are going fine as far as you know the automotive. I don't business. think you could roundly. And I mean, c- cars aren't luxury items. Like it's not really a practical option for most people to just not have a car. You have to go to work. You have to go get groceries. And the bus in most places isn't really going to cut it. If for, they for have one, yeah. I mean, it's nice if you live in a town where you can ride a bicycle more. Yeah, no it's doubt. nice to be able to walk to work. I had a job at one point for a couple of years where I could do that. But everybody, like, that doesn't have that lu- That's a luxury right. in a lot of senses. Look, but I think there are a couple of things here, Sarah, that are worth pointing out that will, in the long term, likely do what you're talking about. And that is reduce automotive sales over time. One, uh, you've got the automotive or the uh, automated car, the these driverless cars that eventually, you know, you'll be able to just hire a, a thing like an Uber to come and get you and in a lot of places that'll be sufficient. You'll be and I'm able paranoid to paranoid and I would never trust that. And then the robot cameras can give the robot cars robot tickets. And uh, so there's there's that. So the sort of automation factor and what they've they've been doing in some cities is these rentable cars where people will rent a car for a period of time like uh, and then they can like leave it where they rented it and somebody else can go and rent that same car. I forget what that's is it Zipcar? Is that what that's it's one of the brands? Something like that. Zipcar. Um, so that's kind of a, a thing where people can then still have a car they can use, but it's not actually their car, so they don't have to worry about maintenance and they don't have to worry about, you know, where it's parked. Uh, so there's there's some benefits, and it's generally something you see in cities, where of course already people are encouraged to take uh, mass transit as well. So I think that over time you'll probably see a trend of fewer people buying cars because they just won't be as necessary uh, for our lifestyle. But I appreciate you giving us the credit for something that didn't yeah. actually happen. Uh, but ultimately, you know, we're not that influential. We're just a talk radio show. And we're not we're not actually against uh, you know people having cars, uh, but you are. And- no, but it, it is influential. Is that fact that fact that if I could reach a couple of few people at a time, 
Because uh, this is a, a global movement anyway. The Europeans uh, want a, a cleaner environment. If there's already a They're movement also here. People, well, the thing is, people are tired of air pollution everywhere, New York and L.A. So there is a, a movement. So I'm just, this show helps me to push it a little bit more. Thank you, you Sarah, I mean? for your call tonight. Glad we could help. The toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE, which is also funny, too, because we're generally pretty... Um, not receptive to some of what Sarah says. A lot of times when we check her claims, they turn out to be false, like tonight, where she said car sales were down. That's not true. I'm not sure uh, it's entirely false. That that particular claim is entirely false. Okay, well, if you're looking at January, there was a dip in January. That's you know that's like you know a blip on the radar compared car to car companies year. can't keep the heated pace that they had last year. Would be my guess. Okay, well, who knows? That's expect, again a prediction. Expect low lease rate rates. Uh, expect uh, lower prices. Good financing coming up this year. Regardless, uh, yeah, talk radio is a way to get the word out about something. Uh, that's definitely true. And uh, if you've got a good point and you're persuasive and you're telling the truth, then you might be able to bring some people on board with your ideas. But overall, it's still pretty difficult to, you know, uh, if somebody wants to buy a car, to dissuade them from buying a car. Well, I mean, you're not trying to. You're trying to convince somebody at that point to forego a need. Like, okay, don't go to work or the grocery store. Like, you can't really convince someone of that, per se, because they kind of don't have the option not to. Well, there's, she's saying find some other way to do it. Uh, so get on the bus, hire okay, a cab. If they have a bus, if they have a bus that comes there, if they have reliable cabs where you are, that's kind of a joke. Yeah. Like, I mean, th- there's not really alternatives to I have to go to work. <laughs> well, for Sarah, there is. That's to collect a welfare check. So she doesn't have to she work. Still ha- she still has to go get groceries, though. That's true. Toll-free number tonight, 855-450-FREE. Let's go to JT. He's online, uh, listening, actually listening on the radio. Where are you at in Alabama tonight? I'm outside between Decatur and Huntsville out in the woods coming back from uh, unloading lumber at my little uh, woodworking shop. Uh, okay. You Thank must you be for your service, sir. You, you must be listening to WBHP. Go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah. Big talker. I'm just going to say, you got a lot of weird callers and uh, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of weird ideas there. Uh, I'm, I guess I'm weird, too, though. I love my president. I love my country. I love saying the Pledge of Allegiance. Ooh, I boy. support our troops. So I you're a socialist. <laughs> so you're no, a... I'm, I'm more of a libertarian. Uh, huh? I know there's too much regulation and rules and all that stuff. But I'm just a hardcore working American guy. Loves to go to the park with his granddaughter. Man, JT, I wish you'd called man. earlier because I think there's a lot we could talk about. Unfortunately, we're right at the end of our show tonight. Call us tomorrow night because I'd love to tell you about how the Pledge of Allegiance is socialist indoctrination. Uh, I don't know if you knew well, that. But well, it, was... it all stems back to just trying to be a good Christian knowing Jesus Christ. Well, it's true. He was a Christian socialist, the guy who wrote the Pledge of Allegiance, Francis Bellamy. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Call us another night. We'll talk then. Uh, JT, thank you for the call. Uh, We'll see you tomorrow. It's been Ian, Melanie, and Mark. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com. So the protection of life, liberty, and property is is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an an effort to move 20,000 people who understand. It's about demonstrating to the entire country. That, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. 
It's the world's largest voluntarist libertarian community, and it's it's only getting bigger. That's amazing to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, "Let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas." There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com, 101reasonsfilm.com.